The good feeling is when you're standing over here on this side of the auditorium and you got your hands in the air and you're praising the Lord. And you look over to the other side and you get to see your wife and your mama and your aunt with their hands in the air praising the Lord. Mama, there was a time we didn't do that, wasn't there? Ain't hey, duty, if you be honest, there was a time we didn't do that. We was a long way from where we were supposed to be. But I'm still a long way from where I'm supposed to be. But praise God this morning that I'm not what I used to be. <laughs> Better news than that, I'm not what I'm going to be. That's good stuff. That's good stuff, even if a white boy is preaching it. Right, Brian? <laughs> Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter number 17. Acts chapter number 17. A little bit nervous because uh, there's uh, one of me and there's a whole bunch of y'all. <laughs> Amen. Just my family, right? Amen. Acts chapter 17. Scroll on down to verse number 15. I'll drink of this water before I get started. Acts 17 and verse number 15. And the Bible says, And they that conducted Paul brought him unto Athens, and receiving a commandment unto Silas and Timothy for to come to him with all speed, they departed. Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. Therefore disputed he in the synagogues with the Jews and with the devout persons and the market daily with them that met with him. Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered him, and some said, What would this babbler say? Other some, He seemed to be a setter forth of strange gods, because he preached unto them Jesus in the resurrection. And they took him and brought him unto Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new doctrine wherefore thou speakest is? For thou bringest certain strange, things to, certain strange things to our ears. We would know, therefore, what these things mean. For all the Athenians and the strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but to either tell or to hear some new thing. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship. Him declare I unto you, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwells not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he need anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the, all the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed and bound their inhabitants and that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him though he be not far from every one of us for in him we live and move and have our being as certain also of your poets have said for we are also his offspring for as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone graven by the art and man's devices. 
And the times of, and the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Let's pray. Father, I love you. God, I need a fresh anointing. Lord, I thank you for touching me last service, God. And I felt your presence. And Lord, I've already felt your presence in here. But God, we're doing this thing again. It's me and you, Lord. No, it's all you, Lord. And God, I pray that you would bless me and you'd fill me and you'd use me. And that, God, you'd give me the energy to preach with the same power that I preached with in the first service. Lord, because you are my power. Because greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. And, Lord, I pray that you would fill this place, anoint this place, and build your spirit in this place as we share your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. As we open the chapter 17 of the book of Acts, we see that Paul and two of his buddies were going into the city of Athens. Well, as they got into the city of Athens, they began to look around and begin to see certain things. And Paul thought, hey, this place is a lot worse than I thought it was. It's a lot worse off than what we had anticipated. And he sent the two men that led him into Athens after after Timothy and Silas. He said, y'all go over there and you get Timothy and Silas and you bring them back here because we need them over here. So they left and they left Paul in Athens by himself. Well, as Paul was there in Athens, he began to walk around through the streets of Athens and everywhere he looked, he saw little, little altars to all different types of gods. It was said in that day of the city of Athens that they ha you could go in there and you could find a god, little G-O-D, before you could even find a man. Because they were wholly given to idolatry. So as he's walking through, he's seeing these little altars, one to the sun god, and then one to the moon god, one to the ocean god, one to the mountain god. But then he came across one that he found most intriguing. He looks over in a corner somewhere, I don't know, and he sees an altar that had the inscription on it to the unknown God. And after seeing all this, he began to go into the synagogues and he would, he would preach with the, with the Jews over there and he would dispute with the Jews. and Man, you don't need that and that's not, that's not the way it went. And he began to preach to them Jesus and the resurrection. Well, how many of you know that God is very popular? God's popular. Every... Everybody has their form or their idea of what God is or who God is. And he began to set them straight and preach to them Jesus and the resurrection. Amen. Well, they didn't like it. They didn't like it. So some guys came and they got him. And they took him before Areopagus and they said, What are these things that you're talking about? Teach us these things that you're talking about so that we may know. And so he began to tell them. He said, You know, I've walked through your towns. I've talked with your people. He said, and of all things, I see that you're most superstitious. He said, you got these little gods everywhere. He said, but I did find one. I did find one altar. And it said, to the unknown God. And he said, this God that you don't know, this is the God that I do know. So would you like for me to tell you about him? And so Paul begins in his sermon, and he begins to tell them about the God I know. So that's what I'd like to... I'd just like to share with you Paul's message. Can I, how many of you would just like to brag this morning on the God we know? Amen. Amen. So we're going to get right into it. The Bible says in verse 24 
the God that made the world and all the things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth and dwelleth not in temples made in hand, with hands. The first characteristic or the first attribute of the God that we know is he is the God of creation. The God of creation. He is not a created God. He is the beginning. He is the end. Alpha, Omega, and everything in between. He is the great God of glory. He is the, he is the God of creation. He was not created. See, these guys over there in Athens, they were just, anytime they thought they needed a new God, they'd just make one. Hey, um, we don't have a God for oceans. Okay, well, let's just build one. Hey, we don't have a God for the sun. Let's just make us one. And they were doing that for everything. And it even got so bad that they had so many of them. Somebody walked up to them, Pop, and said, What if we forgot one? And he said, Well, let's just make one. Let's put an altar over here that says, To the unknown God. And so Paul says, this is the God. The God that you don't know is the God that I do know. He is the God of creation. He was not a created God. You may have put this altar here, but you didn't create this God. You may have created all your other ones, but you didn't create this God. And he goes on to say, he goes on to say, these gods that you've created, he's, well, if you have a created God, there are problems with a created God. Problems that you don't have with a creator God. Like a created God, an idol God, has ears that can't hear. Has ears that can't hear. A created God, an idol God, has eyes that can't see. They have hands that cannot reach. They have mouths that can't talk. They have feet that cannot carry them. They're idol gods. They're created gods. But do you want to hear something about the God I know? The God I know... When I am in distress, when I am in trouble, when I am in need, His ear is leaned toward me. He's always listening. Not only is He always listening, but He always hears me. Amen. Amen. The God that I know, when I'm down in the muck and the mire, when I'm down where, I, where I'm down and out, and I don't, I, I, if I just reached up, I'd almost touch rock bottom. When I'm in that place, the God that I know sees me in that place. But not only does He see me in that place, but He reaches with His hand down to where I'm at, lifts me up, pulls me out of the miry clay, puts my feet on a solid rock, puts a new song in my mouth, and He establishes my direction. Amen. This... A created God. He has feet and he can't walk. He can't carry himself. If you've got a created God this morning, you're toting him around. Amen. You are. If you've got a created God this morning, you're having to carry him. Can I tell you something about the God that I serve? Yeah. When, my, when I feel like my legs can't carry me anymore, when I feel like I can't walk no farther, when I feel like I can't press on anymore, the God that I know, he carries me. Yeah. Amen. 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 He's the God of creation. He's not been created. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. What about this God of creation? Go ahead and put my first sub-point up there, Brother Doug. His attributes are perfect. You can't get no more God. You can't. He's full. can't get no more God. His attributes are perfect in every way. He's all-powerful. Can't get any more powerful. He's all-knowing. He can't get any more, any more knowledgeable. He's everywhere. Can't get anywhere else. His attributes are perfect. Let me read you a verse. 
The Bible says that he dwelleth not in temples made with hands. That's the first part of 17. It says, Neither is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needeth anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. He said that he's worshipped not with temples, or, or with, he's worshipped not. He doesn't just dwell here. You know, we use the term the house of God very loosely. And we say, hey, this is the house of God. And it, it is the house of God in the sense that we made it. But you know who, what is really the house of God? Me, you, if your relationship with God is confined to these four walls, then you're in trouble. Amen. You know why? Because God's only here when we're here. Yeah. He ain't got, why would God just hang out in an empty room? Amen. <laughs> this pulpit right here, it needs the gospel. No, he ain't doing all that. It's goofy. But God is here when we show up. Talked about in the first service. Man, you turn all the lights off in this place, you walk through shutting this place down, Brother Dustin will testify to this. In this place, when you're here by yourself in the dark, it is creepy. <laughs> you, anybody ever walked through an empty church in the dark before? <laughs> I almost think God goes home and the boogeyman moves in. <laughs> God is not creepy. If your if if your relationship with God is bound up in these four walls, you're in problem. You got problems. I'm thankful that I'm serving a God that is omnipresent. He's everywhere. All the way. If I get in my truck, and I I love telling this. I get in my truck and I can drive down the road and I'll put in something in the radio and I'll start hearing maybe it is well with my soul, or or maybe that that song that Jason Crabb sings with. The Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir, I'm amazed that he loved me, Brother Jalen. My chains are gone. I've been set free. Man. What's that other one that we did in the choir? The, uh, what's my song? I can't even remember. I Will Rise. Man. We do I Will Rise. You get to listen to that in your vehicle. You're driving down the road. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, your eyes start to get all puffy. Tears start to run down your face. You're swerving over into the other lane. People are honking at you and everything else. And they're going, who is this crazy guy? What happened? I'm having church. I don't, we don't have to be here to have church. I love coming here to have church. And I'm going to be here to have church. But if the only time I can have church is when y'all are here, I got a situation. Amen. Man. I saw Heather's cousin saw me, I guess. I, I didn't see him till it was too late. <laughs> I was sitting at the red light and I was listening to some gospel music and I think it was the Perry's, that song that they do about if you knew me. Oh, man. Amen. Ooh, that's a good song. It says, I walked by the tomb of Buddha Looked inside and saw his bones. Yeah. I traveled on to see Mohammed still wrapped up in his grave clothes. But then I journeyed to a garden where old Joseph left him lay. The Lamb of God, the only begotten, he was no longer in the grave Amen. and if you knew 
like I know him, you would know that he's alive. And if you felt him like I feel him, resurrection deep inside. Man, I started listening to that song. Yeah, I'll take my own solo. He won't give me one. Yeah. I'm just kidding. He let me do the, the rock gonna do my praise and. Amen. I got to listen to that song. I'm telling you, I got to listen to that song, and something broke loose in me, and I started preaching. Ain't nobody in the truck but me. <laughs> but I'm preaching. And I'm going to town. I mean, my arms are wailing. The steering wheel has repented. The, the radio is going to the altar. This, I'm, and I'm just, I'm just, all of a sudden, I'm in the zone. And it was good. I wish you could have been there. And, it was, and I'm just going after it and going after it. And then all of a sudden, I look and I see Heather's cousin drive by. He told, me, he told me a few days later, he's like, yeah, I saw you at the red light the other day. I said, yeah, I saw you too, but by the time I saw you, it was too late. So I just kept on preaching. What are you trying to say, Brother Scott? He's perfect. His attributes are perfect. I could take him with me wherever I go. Why? Because he is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He said that he would never leave you nor forsake you. He's with you all the time. He's perfect in his attributes, or his attributes are perfect. Not only that, but B, his assembly is precious. His assembly is precious. Jessica, you know God walks by, and he looks at the Grand Canyon. I'm embarrassing her. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Tanner. <laughs> These are some fellow Chick-fil-A's over here, too. They sat on this side in the first service. They sit on this side over here. I begged them for four weeks to come hear me preach, and they showed up. But, they, and now I'm embarrassing them. One of them, they're never coming back. <laughs> God walks over to the Grand Canyon, and he looks at it and goes, I did a good job, didn't I? That's all right. He goes over, and he looks at Niagara Falls. Awesome. You stand, I mean... Like, you get like a half a mile from this place, and you can't even hear yourself talk to your neighbor. Awesome. Awesome. He looks at it and goes, that's pretty cool. He looks up through the universe at all the stars and the planets, and he goes, yeah, I did a pretty good job. But Tara, when he looks down at you, he said, that is the most precious of my creation. Amen. Amen. You know how I know that? You know how I know that? Because when God wanted stars, Mama, when God wanted stars, you know what he did? He said, stars. Let's put some over here. Stars. And he said, planets. And they just all lined up. He said, sun. And there it was. But then, when, then, when he came to man. Amen. You know what he did when he came to man? He reached down 
into the dust, Pop. And he began to form man up out of his own image. Holy Spirit, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost got together in the beginning. And they said, let us create man in our own image. Right there in the beginning, they said, let us create man in our own image. And they molded and made man. And then the Bible says that they breathed into his nostrils the very breath of life. Amen. From the first time the little eyelashes batted, from the first time that, that chest, from the very first time that heartbeat, doom, 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 God said, so precious. Yeah. Amen. So precious. Look at your neighbor and tell them, I'm precious to God. Say it like you mean it. I'm precious to God. You know, it's easy. I'm sorry, Jalen. Hang on. I'm precious. Okay. <laughs> Poor fella sitting by himself over there. His wife doesn't run off. Went home. Went home. <laughs> Hey, man, he's going to hate me. <laughs> it's easy to say that God is precious to me. You know that? It's easy to say God's precious to me. Why is he precious to me? Because he saved me. Yeah. Because after he created me, after he created me, he saw me as precious. He cre and then he died on the cross for my sin. It's easy to say he's precious to me. He took a drug addict and made him a preacher. It's easy to say that he's precious to me. But man, sometimes it's hard to say that I'm precious to him. You know why? Because I know me. I have to go home with me. And there's times, so does Heather. It's hard for her to say that I'm precious sometimes too. But I know me. And I know how unlovable I can be. I know how not so precious I can be. But even in my failures and even in my faults, it's precious. Precious to Him. I might not be nobody to nobody else. There's like three people in this world that think I can do something. There's my wife and my mama and my Aunt Tootie. And they're all in this room. I might not be nothing. Denise, I'm sorry. <laughs> they... I'm really not trying to be this funny. It's just happening. And because I'm goofy. And, you just, and only three, three, four people really think I'm out to anything. But if that's all that there is, I'm something to God. Amen. Even, if I, even if I didn't have them. Amen. Amen. Give him glory. Give him glory. Not only... Amen. <laughs> it's funny, you hear the story about the guy that decided he was going to challenge God, told him that he could make, his, he could make a man too. He said, well, all right, hot shot, go ahead, get, go for it. He reached down, God said, uh-uh, can I get you on dirt? Because <laughs> he created it all, amen? Amen. Not only is he a God of creation, but he's the God of determination. The God of determination. Acts 17, 26. 
and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. Amen. There's three things that he determines. I'm fixing to determine something right now. I'm determining I'm probably going to step on somebody's toes. But I'm going to preach the Word of God and if they, I step yeah. on your toes just because the Word of God stepped on your toes. Amen? Yeah. First of all, he determines your race. He determines your race. I'm a white boy born in Alabama, the heart of Dixie. I'm glad to be a white boy, but I ain't had nothing to do with it. Not one thing. Amen. If you hate somebody because of the color of their skin, God is very upset with you right now. Amen. 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 Help me, Jesus, to get through this without squalling. First service, it's Mel Membrano. Been, been friends, what, eight, nine years? I mean, love him like he's my brother. I, I honestly think if we were in horrible danger that he would risk his life for me. And I would for him. Brian, my best buds. Come, come over to my house. We went down to the wagon wheel in Eva and uh, got a cheeseburger. Brian was the only black boy in the whole place. He's probably used to that around here, ain't you? <laughs> Brian is one of the best friends I got. Amen. I love Brian with all my heart. Me and Heather and Brian Charity and Casey and Ismail. We used to get to do it more often than we do now, but we would go into a restaurant. Boy, people be, what? Yeah, we was, you know what? I like. I didn't give a rip. I didn't care. Why? Because created us all of one blood, the Bible says, of one blood. We all come from Adam. Amen, sister. She's helping me out over here. If, if, you, if, you, if you hate somebody because of the color of their skin, I got a suggestion for you. And I mean this with all my heart. And I mean this lovingly. You need to come to this altar and ask God to take that from you. Because I got a question. Let me ask you. Well, no, I'm not going to ask you that because it's on your questions, on your weekly report for your small group. But hatred is wrong. And God can take that from you if you ask Him to. I love Brian like a brother. I'll fight for him. I will. That's just how I feel about it. Okay, moving on. Not only does he determine your race, but he determines your face. He did. Sorry. <laughs> if, 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 hey, if I can live with this every day, y'all can put up with it for an hour, okay? He determines your face. You ain't got nothing to do with it. Isn't it funny how we flock? Oh, we're, we think we're good-looking, so we flock to good-looking people. Or maybe we're not so good-looking, so we hang with the not-so-good-looking people. And isn't it weird how we do that? If you ever notice, that's kind of the way it's set up. Well, that's the way we are. You ever seen Buchanan's Life Group? Man, they're all like GQ or something. <laughs> they, they, look, they, they walk straight out to JCPenney's magazine. But you know what? They love all the other life groups. Amen? 
You better say amen. <laughs> oh, okay. Wait, never mind. You didn't have nothing to do with how you, you didn't have not one thing to do with how you looked. He determines your race, he determines your face, and he determines your place. November 13, 1979, I discovered America. I barged right in. Didn't know mama. She'll tell you. She was there. <laughs> she remembers it better than I do. <laughs> he determines your place. You know how fortunate we are to be in the United States of America. Amen. Is, is the United States of America what it used to be? No. Is the United States of America going downhill? Oh, yeah, it is. Do you believe that the United States of America has problems? Oh, yeah. Are we in an economic crisis? Yes, we are. But you know what? We are still in the greatest country in the known world. You are allowed to come to church here today because some young man stood up and decided, and so, or some young lady stood up, decided to go fight that you could come to church and worship God Amen. in spirit and in truth. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Many, many of them paying with their life. Nothing, I don't think there's anything more honorable than that. I was going to be in the military. My whole life growing up, I wanted to go in the military. All the way up. And I got stupid right out of high school. And a bunch of different things happened. And then I saw and I see now how it was the will of God because he allowed me to meet Heather, whose family was from here in Coleman. And I wound up in Coleman where we wound up at Temple where God wound up calling me to preach. So I guess you could say he called me to be a soldier. Amen. I might not be over there fighting on, over there on those lines, but I'm doing all the fighting I can over here on these. Amen. He's a God of determination. He determines your race. He determines your face. And He determines your place. I am proud to be an American. Amen. Two things about determination. We'll be fly through these two things. Just discussing the will of God a little bit. His will is specific. The Bible says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, people wonder all the time, they say, how can I know the will of God for my life? How can I know the will of God for my life? And it's not that difficult. It's difficult waiting on it, but it's not that difficult to do the process to find out what it is because it's only two verses long. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. First thing you've got to do is be a living sacrifice. You've got to be surrendered. Presenting your bodies holy and acceptable unto the Lord. If you're a living sacrifice, and you're presenting yourself holy and acceptable unto the Lord. It says that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The word prove right there means to know. You want to know what the perfect will of God is for your life? Surrender it to Him. Walk with Him. Talk with Him. Do, live a holy life. Be a holy example of what a Christian is supposed to be, and He will show you Amen. what the perfect will of God is for your life. I didn't know nothing when I got saved. I'm telling you, I was ignorant. I was ignorant of the Word of God. I had very little Scripture in my 
in my heart and in my mind when I got saved. And I just, well, I just try to live the best I can. I quit smoking. Quit cussing. Put down a bunch of other things. The cussing thing wants to sneak back in every so often. I ain't. But I'm not a liar. <laughs> but I ain't going to hell if I let one slip. Come on. Anyway, maybe I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I say a lot of things I shouldn't say. Y'all learn that. But I didn't know nothing. I didn't know nothing as a young Christian Buchanan. I'd, I'd really not, I just had not been around church a whole lot. You know, I mean, I'd been a few times, and I can remember several times going, but it wasn't like I was, you know, it wasn't just there all the time, you know? And I just said, I'm just going to live for the Lord. I'm just going to quit doing this. I'm going to quit doing that. And I'm going to do because I think this is what God wants me to do. And I put down all those things that I didn't think were holy. And you know what happened? God called me to preach. I didn't know when I got saved I was a preacher. The Bible says God does. The Bible, the Bible says that when you're born, he knew. That was pretty awesome. I might have not known, but he knew. But he just kind of put all those things. I just started following. His will is very specific. And you can find it if you just... Turn your life over to him, completely and wholly. I'm not talking about sort of sacrificed. I'm talking about all the way sacrificed, all the way given over to him. Not only is it specific, because I can tell you are uncomfortable there, not only is that, but it is very satisfying. The will of God, his will is satisfying. The Bible says in Psalms, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. Miss Diane made me memorize that. You remember that? You know what that word blessed means? Happy. His will is satisfying. You know what? getting to do what I'm getting to do right now, I'm happy as I can be. I'm not that good of a preacher. I'm not. I've, I'll admit it. But let me tell you what God has allowed me to do. Through, I'm not bragging. I promise you this. I'm not bragging. I'm not boasting. Every Sunday from January 1 to this day, God has given me a pulpit to preach His Word. Every Sunday. As a matter of fact, for the past six weeks, every Sunday morning and Sunday night, I've been, God has given me a platform to share His Word. Except for January the 13th, where I said, I ain't going to preach nowhere because we had our celebration service. And it was just important to me to get to come over here and celebrate all those people that got saved. And I, how does that happen? Just because He called me. And I just tried to follow Him. And He wants me to be happy. So he lets me do it. Amen? Amen. Not only... Well, before I go too far. Well, no, we'll just move on. Not only is he the God of creation, not only is he the God of determination, but the last point, and we'll go home, eat a baked potato, do something. He's the God of salvation. Amen. Amen. The God of salvation. Acts 17, 28 says this, For in him we live and move and have our being, 
as certain also of our own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. He is the God of salvation. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He said that I am the door. The only way to get to God is through the door. He didn't say that I'm a way, not one of many ways, not that I'm some way. There's a lot of people that believe there's many ways. There are people that believe that they can hijack jets and fly them into airplanes and get there. What? There are people people that believe that as long as they count their beads just right, they can get there. There are people that believe they can rub the belly of their little green man and they're going to get there. What? Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He is the God of salvation. The Bible says that there is no salvation by any other. If you're trusting in your works, I'm sorry. Amen. It ain't going to get you there. Oh, but I'm a good Christian, Brother Scott. Are you? I mean, I, I do what I'm supposed to do. I'm a really I'm a good person. and I, I don't drink and I don't cuss and I don't act up. and all this. But has there been a time in your life when Jesus drew you unto himself? Amen. Because the Bible says that no man can come unto the Father unless the Holy Spirit draws them, Pop. You can't just, I just think I'm going to be saved today. It don't work that way. There has to be conviction. There has to be repentance. God has to reveal to you. You have to be lost before you can get found. If you've never been lost, you, you can't be found. But he is the God of salvation. Go ahead and put my next my my first sub point up there. He's the cure for sinners. He is the cure for sinners. I don't care how bad you've been or how good you've been, to be honest with you. It don't matter. It takes the same amount of grace to save somebody off of a bar stool as it does to save them off of a church pew. Same amount of grace. I don't care how bad you've been. You saw, I, when we was up there in, in Helican. Guy got saved, he told me this. He said, I was the biggest drunk in Arley. And God saved him. The very next week, the very next week, a girl named Miranda came forward, said, I've been going to church here eight years, but I'm not saved. Took the same amount of grace to save Miranda as it did to save Ted. It doesn't matter where you're at. Well, I'm real bad, or I'm kind of bad, or I'm almost bad, or I'm not really bad. It's all by the grace of God that we are saved. By grace, through faith. If there's never been a time in your life when Jesus put his finger in your face and said, you're lost, and you came and answered that call, then my friend, today, the Bible says, is the day of salvation. You say, oh, you're being mean. No, I'm not. I'm telling you the truth because I love you and because I would not wish hell on my worst enemy. I've been praying all week that God would save somebody today. I have. 
When God told me this was the message that I was preaching, I've been praying all week, God save somebody, God save somebody, God save somebody. And just this morning, in the first service, two. He's already doubled my prayer. He's the cure for the sinner. The thing about this cure is it's the only cure. You're not, you can't fix it yourself. You know, it is our human nature, Miss Amber, to fix things ourselves. It is. But what happens whenever we fix things ourselves? Because the Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 that we are to trust in the Lord with all thine heart, lean not to thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy path. That's how we're supposed to go into our problems. With trust. But we try to go into them with, i got to fix this. It's all up to me. And instead of trusting. And you know what? Sometimes... We succeed. I have fixed my problems on my own before. But you know what happened? More problems had to come after that. Do you know why? Because then I stole the glory from God. Because He put that problem into my life to get glory. Amen. And if I fix that problem on my own, then I get the glory, not Him. So He has to give me another problem because He wants glory. Amen. He said he will share his love, he will share his mercy, he will share his grace, he will share his kindness. He shared his son and he's going to share heaven, but he will not share his glory. He's holy, he's perfect. He's not going to share it. God said, trust me. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Don't even try to figure me out. He said, lean not to thine own understanding. What is that saying? Don't even try to understand me. Amen. God said, don't try to understand me. Because if you could understand me, then I wouldn't be God. If he did everything just like I did, then why would I need him? Amen. If I knew why he did everything that he did, he wouldn't be God. So I trust him. So that I know. If I trust him and I say, God, I don't know why you allowed this to come into my life. But I know you're God. And I know you're righteous. And I know you're always right. And I know you love me. Hardest thing I ever did in my life. My cousin's here. Now this is Whitney. Y'all have heard the story about her before. Sorry. It was a good story. This is the mama to the little baby. That I was telling y'all about. Whitney had a baby. Born seven months. Eight months, seven months, seven months, pre born at seven months. Looked like he was doing good. We was like, wow, little Bentley, he's, he's, doing, he's starting to do good. And then things started going downhill. And little Bentley went on to be with Jesus. How old was Bentley, Whitney? <laughs> 18 days old. Went on to be with the Lord. I can't understand that. I can't. I can't figure that out. I'm not supposed to figure that out. Why do you think he said not? Don't lean on your own understanding. Because there's going to be things that come into your life that I'm going to use to get glory. That I'm going to use to be magnified. That I'm going to use to be lifted up. And you're not going to understand it. Don't try to understand it. Just trust me that I know what I'm doing. Amen. 
Do you not think that the very same God that could speak the stars into the existence, put the planets in a line, make it all circle around and do just like it's supposed to without anything messing up, does not know what he's doing in your life? He keeps all that running. He keeps all that running. Takes care of all that. But more than he's worried about all those things running, he's worried about you and your relationship with him. Because he sent his son to die on the cross so that we could be saved, so that we could spend eternity with him. And he wants us to glory in our infirmities. Not for our infirmities. He didn't ever say, praise God that God took my son. He didn't say do that. He said to glory in them. That means that even though you're going through it, you lift your hands to him. And you say, God, I don't know what you're doing, but I know you're just. I know you're right. You've always got it under control. Secure for sinners. And B, there's a community for saints. Heather probably gets tired of me preaching this point. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. Maybe she likes it. I hope she likes it. Come face and do it again. I love preaching about heaven, Brother Chris. And I, I just can't help but to feel like over the past several years, we've kind of dulled it down. I think there's been preachers, maybe TV preachers, or maybe preachers that were just didn't know no better, that they kind of dulled down heaven where people don't want to go. I was talking about heaven at work the other day. And there was a girl at work, Christian girl, said, I just, I, I, I want to have kids first. I want to have this first. I want to have that first. I said, yeah, 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 I understand that. But you don't realize that once you get there, you ain't going to be thinking about none of that. Amen. It's going to be so awesome once you get there that everything here is going to be left behind. You're not even going to, you're not going to care about this earth anymore. He's building a community for you. He said, I, that, he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He said, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. Or he says, I will come again that where I am, there you may be also. He wants you to be with him and he's created a community for us. Not just the community that, I mean, yeah, we got a mansion. We got a mansion over there and that's going to be cool. Chris Doster, one of my best friends, he says, man, I hope I get me a gold log cabin. And he said, with a big gold pond in the back. I'm like, okay, whatever. But you know what? We ain't all Chris Doster. Some of us like that big old gigantic crown molding. Yeah. Some, some of us like them big, huge, double mahogany doors, Brother Chris. We've stained a ton of those. Some people like that stuff. Guess what? God knows you better than you know yourself. Amen. It's going to be... It, it, if he would be willing to give us the desires of our heart over here, just imagine what it's going to be like over there. Amen. So, yeah. So we're going we're gonna to have a mansion over there. But not just are we going to get to have a mansion. What about this? Oh, this is good. No more pain. Amen. Oh, no more pain, no more sickness, no more death, not even a tear. 
Because he said God's going to wipe them all away. Man, that's good stuff. Even if I am preaching it. Heaven's going to be an awesome place. I've been to churches. I've been to churches like just dead. Dried up. Amen. If they smiled, their face would broke. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been to places like that. And the preacher get up and say, can't wait till we get to heaven. It'll be like church all the time. And you say, dear Jesus, I hope not. <laughs> it's, like, it's like that guy that's walking through heaven. He walked by. He saw the Pentecostal church. They said, who's that? He said, man, that's the Pentecostals. And they were having a big time. Walked back by. He said, who's that? And he said, that's the Baptist. And they were having a big time. And he walks over to another, puts his ear up to it. Guy jerks him back and says, shh, that's the church of Christ. They think they're the only ones here. <laughs> Heaven's going to be a big place. And you know what? Just, just on that note, on that note, there's going to be a lot of people there that we don't think is going to be there. But there's also going to be a lot of people missing that we think is going to be there. But it's going to be amazing. We're going to have this mansion, this awesome place that God has dwelt has built just for me. Me and Heather, our taste in houses is so different. She's like, I know we ain't living together in heaven. <laughs> she likes big, huge stuff. I like country stuff, you know. And anyway, moving right along. The, but not just that. Not just that we're going to have a mansion. Man, I got a Nana over there. Sweetest lady to ever walk this earth. I got family. I got uncles. I got cousins. I mean, people that are there that are leaning over a banister rail right now saying, preach it. Tell them about it. Amen. It's great up here. But not just that. But one of these days, Brother Chris, I'm going to step off onto the shores of heaven and I'm going to get to see my Jesus. Amen. I'm going to get to see the one who bled and died for me, Jess. I'm going to get to see the one who cared so much for me that he said, I cannot let this happen and gave himself on the cross for me. Amen. I'm so looking forward to going. I am. I love my boys, and I love getting to see them play ball and all that stuff. But if the rapture happened right now, we'd all four be up there. I wouldn't care nothing about ball. Amen. It'd be all about Jesus. I got, a, I got an awesome job. I got great people that I work with. I mean, we have a big time, and we just, we, I wouldn't care nothing about that. Because we'd just be with Jesus. Worshiping. I mean, you don't know worship. I don't know worship. We can't comprehend worship till we get there and worship. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I hope you're going. I hope you're going. I know. You know what the best feeling in the world is? Miss Kathy, the best feeling in the world is to know that if I lay my head on my pillow tonight and I close my eyes and I never open them again on this side, then when I open them, I'll be on that side. I don't doubt it. I don't have to worry about it. Anything happens to me over here, I'm over there. 
with him. I hope you're going. Every head bowed, every eye closed.